Good afternoon and welcome, welcome back to chapter 16 of Five Go Off to Camp. And if you remember yesterday, we left George and Timmy having fallen down or having Timmy having fallen and George followed uh, down into the tunnel, into the spook train and locked in with it. So, how are they going to get out? Maybe today we'll find out. So, chapter 16, in the tunnel again. Jock was really enjoying himself at the camp. He had a picnic lunch with the others and ate as much as they did, looking very happy. Mr Luffy joined them and Jock beamed at, at him, feeling that he was a real friend. Where's George? asked Mr Luffy. Gone off by herself, said Julian. Have you quarrelled by any chance? said Mr Luffy. Uh, a bit, said Julian. We have to let George get over it by herself, Mr Luffy. She's like that. Where's she gone? said Mr Luffy, helping himself to a tomato. Why isn't she back to dinner? She's taken hers with her, said Anne. I feel a bit worried about her somehow. I hope she's all right. Mr Luffy looked alarmed. Well, I feel a bit worried myself, he said. Still, she's got Timmy with her. We're off, going off on a bit of a explore, said Julian, when they'd all finished eating. What are you going to do, Mr Luffy? I think I'll come with you, said Mr Luffy very unexpectedly. The children's heart sank. They couldn't possibly go exploring for spook trains in the tunnel if Mr Luffy was with them. Well... I don't think it will be very interesting for you, sir, said Julian rather feebly. However, Mr Luffy took the hint and realised he wasn't wanted that afternoon. Right, he said, in that case I'll stay here and mess about. The children sighed with relief. Anne cleared up with Jock helping her and then they called goodbye to Mr Luffy and set off taking their tea with them. Jock was full of excitement. He was so pleased to be with the others and he kept thinking of sleeping in the camp that night. What fun it would be. Good old Mr Luffy taking his side like that. He bounded after the others joyfully as they went off to the old railway yard. Wooden Leg Sam was pottering about there as usual. They waved to him, but he didn't wave back. Instead, he shook his fist at them and tried to bawl in his husky voice. You clear out, trespassing, that's what you are. Don't you come here or I'll chase you. Well, we won't go down then, said Dick with a grin. Poor old man, thinking of chasing us with that wooden leg of his. We won't give him the chance. We'll just walk along here, climb down the lines and walk up them to the tunnel which is what they did, much to the rage of poor Sam. He yelled till his voice gave out, but they took no notice, and walked quickly up the lines. The mouth of the tunnel looked very round and black as they came near. 
Now, we'll jolly well walk right through this tunnel and see where that spook train is that came out of it the other night, said Julian. It didn't come out of the other end, so it must be somewhere in the middle of the tunnel. Well, if it's a real spook train, it might completely disappear, said Anne, not liking the look of the dark tunnel at all. The others laughed. It won't have disappeared, said Dick. We shall come across it somewhere and we'll examine it thoroughly and try and find out exactly what it is, why it comes and goes in such a mysterious manner. They walked into the black tunnel and switched on their torches, which made a little gleaming paths in front of them. They walked up the middle of one pair of lines, Julian in front keeping a sharp lookout for anything in the shape of a train. The lines ran on and on. Children's voices sounded weird and echoing in the long tunnel. Anne kept close to Dick and half wished she hadn't come. Then she remembered that George had called her a coward and she put up her head, determined not to show that she was scared. Jock talked almost without stopping. I've never done anything like this in my life. I call this a proper adventure. Hunting for spook trains in a dark tunnel. It makes me feel nice and shivery all over. I do hope we find the train. It really must be here somewhere. They walked on and on and on, but there was no sign of any train. They came to where the tunnel forked into the second one that used to run to Roker's Vale. Julian flashed his torch on the enormous brick wall that stretched across the second tunnel. Yes, it's well and truly bricked up, he said, so that only leaves this tunnel to explore. Come on. They went on again, little knowing that George and Timmy were behind that brick wall, hidden in a truck of the spook train itself. They walked on and on down the lines and found nothing interesting at all. They saw a little round circle of light some way in the front of them. See that, said Julian, that must be the end of this tunnel, the opening that goes into Kilty's yard. Well, if the train isn't between here and Kilty's yard, it's gone. In silence, they walked down the rest of the tunnel and came out into the open air. Workshops were built all over Kilty's yard. The entrance to the tunnel was weed-grown and neglected. Weeds even grew across the lines there. Well, no train has been out of this tunnel here for years, said Julian, looking at the thick weeds. The wheels would have chopped the weeds to bits. It's extraordinary, said Dick, puzzled. We've been right through the tunnel and there is no train there at all. And yet, we know it goes in and out of it. What's happened to it? It is a spook train, said Jock, his face red with excitement. Must be. It only exists at night and then it comes out on its lines like it used to years ago. I don't like thinking that, said Anne, troubled. It's a horrid thought. What are we going to do now, Julian asked. We seem to have come to a blank. No train, nothing to see, empty tunnel. What a dull end to an adventure. Let's walk back all the way again, said Jock. He wanted to squeeze as much out of this adventure as he could. 
I know we shan't see the train this time any more than we did the last time, but you never know. I'm not coming through that tunnel again, said Anne. I want to be out. In the sun, I'll walk over the top of the tunnel, along the path there that Julian took the other night, and you three can walk back and meet me at the other end. All right, said Julian, and the three boys disappeared into the dark tunnel. Anne ran up the path that led alongside the top of it. How good it was to be out in the open air again. That horrid tunnel. She ran along cheerfully, glad to be out in the sun. She got to the other end of the tunnel quite quickly and sat down on the path above the yard to wait for the others. She looked for wooden leg Sam. He was nowhere to be seen. Perhaps he was in his little hut. She hadn't been there for more than two minutes when something surprising happened. A car came bumping slowly down the rough track to the yard. Anne sat up and watched. A man got out and Anne's eyes almost fell out of her head. Why, it was... Surely it was Mr Andrews, Jock's stepfather. He went over to Sam's hut and threw open the door. Anne could hear the sound of voices. Then she heard another noise, the sound of a heavy lorry coming. She saw it come cautiously down the steep rough track. It ran into an old tumble-down shed and stayed there. Then three men came out and Anne stared at them. Where had she seen them before? Of course, they're the farm labourers at Jock's farm, she thought. But what are they doing here? How very strange. Mr Andrews joined the men and, to Anne's dismay, they began to walk up the lines to the tunnel. Her heart almost stopped. Goodness, Julian, Dick and Jock were still in that tunnel walking through it. They would bump right into Mr Andrews and his men. And then what would happen? Mr Andrews had warned them against going there and had ordered Jock not to go. Anne stared at the four men walking into the far-off mouth of the tunnel. How? What could she do? But how could she warn the boys? She couldn't. She would just have to stay there and wait for them to come out. Probably chased by a furious Mr Andrews and the other men. Oh, dear, dear. If they were caught, they would probably all get an awful telling off. What could she do? I can only wait, thought poor Anne. There's nothing else to do. Oh, do come, Julian, Dick and Jock. I don't do anything but wait for you. She waited and waited. It was now long past tea time. Julian had the tea with him, so there was nothing for Anne to eat. Nobody came out of the tunnel. Not a sound was heard. Anne at last decided to go down and ask wooden leg Sam a few questions. So, rather afraid... The little girl set off down the yard. Sam was in his hut drinking cocoa and looking very sour. Something had evidently gone wrong. 
When he saw Anne's shadow across the doorway, he got up at once, shaking his fist. What, you children again? You went into that tunnel this afternoon and so I went up and telephoned Mr Andrews to come and catch you all, poking your noses in all the time. How did you get out of that tunnel? Are the others with you? Didn't Mr Andrews catch you, eh? Anne listened to all this in horror. So old Sam had actually managed to telephone Mr Andrews and tell tales on them so that Jock's stepfather and his men had come to catch them. This was worse than ever. You come in here, said Sam suddenly, and he darted his big arm at her. Come on, I don't know where the others are, but I'll get one of you. Anne gave a scream and ran away at top speed. Wooden leg Sam went after her for a few yards and then gave it up. He bent down and picked up a handful of cinders. A shower of them fell all around Anne and made her run faster than ever. She tore up the path to the heather and was soon on the moors again, panting and sobbing. Oh, Julian, oh, Dick, what's happened to you? Oh, where's George? If only she would come home, she'd be brave enough to look for them. But I'm not. I must tell Mr Luffy. He'll know what to do. She ran on and on, her feet catching continually in the tufts of thick heather. She kept falling over and scrambling up again. She now had only one idea in her mind to find Mr Luffy and tell him every single thing. Yes, she would tell him about the spook trains and all. There was something strange and important about the whole thing now and she wanted a grown-up's help. She staggered on and on. Mr Luffy! Mr Luffy, where are you? Mr Luffy! But no Mr Luffy answered her. Oh, she came around the gauze bushes she thought were the ones sheltering the camp. But, alas, the camp was not there. Anne had lost her way. I'm lost, said Anne, the tears running down her cheeks. But I mustn't get scared. I must try to find the right path now. Oh dear, I'm quite lost. Mr Luffy! Poor Anne. She stumbled on blindly, hoping to come to the camp, calling every now and again. Mr Luffy! Can you hear me? Mr. Luffy! Oh dear me, that is not good, is it? Poor old Anne. She is lost on the moors and Mr. Luffy's back at the camp not knowing every, anything at all. <sighs> what is going to happen next? The boys are in the tunnel probably being chased all over by Mr Andrews and his gang of horrible men. Oh, my goodness me. George stuck in a train somewhere with Timmy, with more men. Oh, my 
goodness. Well, hopefully tomorrow when we read chapter 17, something will go right for them. What do you think? <laughs> so don't forget, join me for chapter 17. Oh my goodness, I can't wait. So here we are at the end and ready to read chapter 17 tomorrow. So take care, stay safe and come back and join me. <gasps> same time, same place. Okay. Bye for now.